The Shy and Mighty podcast is on a softly spoken mission to help shy people be more mighty. Shy people don't need fixing. We don't need to change who we are. But in a world filled with noise and hot air, it's time for us to speak up and stop hiding. Hello and welcome to Shy and Mighty with me, Nadia Finer. And today I'm really excited to welcome my good friend, Danielle Wallington, to the podcast. She's going to be talking to us about her experiences of being a shy person and going from shy to mighty. And also, she's going to share with us some of her expertise around networking because she's a super super networker danielle's here to yeah to give us lots of tips and advice so hey there danielle hello hello welcome welcome thanks for having me we're both on our best behavior (laughs) i'll try to be (laughs) we're trying to be sensible we're gonna see if we can do it do you want to perhaps introduce yourself in a professional fashion? In a professional way, like I was doing a professional networking event, you mean? <laughs> yeah, let's pretend we're sensible grown-ups and that you're going to introduce yourself. <laughs> okay, so my name's Danielle. And I live in St Albans with my little boy and my partner. And I'm actually currently pregnant with my second child. Oh. Uh, and... <laughs> It's lovely, isn't it? Lovely but terrifying at the same time. And I run Milk and Biz, which is a community supporting entrepreneurial mums in their startup journey and beyond. So I I host weekly co-working sessions, monthly workshops, social events and meetups, all to kind of inspire and connect like-minded mums in business, because we all kind of know how tough it is out there. And it's a way of kind of bringing people together and kind of share the highs and lows. And then I also run Milk and Fizz, which is an events company designed for mums. And that's kind of more the social aspect. So I do, I invite speakers to come and talk about various different topics on parenting, or we have supper clubs and drinks, meetups and things like that. It was designed to kind of get mums out of the house when they first have their children and to make them realise that when you become a mum, you're not just a mum, you're still yourself and, you know, you're still a person you can still go out and you know chat to other women and socialize and kind of get a bit of yourself back so I do two of those two of those things at the minute and yes it's brilliant it's really taking off and it's exciting to see you even won an award I did yeah I can say I'm award-winning now I don't want to overdo it (laughs) so much but I do keep (laughs) popping in mostly you're like did I mention the other day (laughs) when I was collecting my award (laughs) I need it bigger on the website, I think, before people get bored of it. You need a badge. (laughs) Pregnant on the train. Yeah, pregnant on the train. Ask me about my award. (laughs) Did I mention it? So anyway, you could not get a more sociable person. (laughs) And when I first told you about my Shine Mighty project, I honestly was not expecting you to tell me that you were a shy person it's interesting isn't it because it's I think I feel like my second part of my life was since potentially when I had my son but I feel like over the years as I've met new people and I don't know from my NCT groups or people that I've met through doing my business I think if I've mentioned it before they've also been really shocked and be like no way we never would have thought that but I don't know whether it's 
because I've kind of I don't know if it's because I'm now less shy than I was when I was younger or I just kind of hide it better I'm not sure which one it is but it's when I first read your thing I thought it was really interesting and I've kept thinking about it and you know kind of where it all stems from and yeah it's strange if I was to ask you when you first realised that you were shy or your first experience of feeling shy, do you have a sense of when that would be? Yeah, I don't remember the exact time or age, but I've always just known that I was a shy person. I think from when I was really little, I remember looking back on a photo when I was at nursery school. I must have been about how old are you at nursery? Four or five? And everyone, all the other kids in the photo were sitting there smiling at the camera. And I was sitting on my teacher's lap with my head down. <laughs> You're trying to get back in the womb or something. <laughs> I just ruined the photo completely. And I was like, I look back, I think, what was I doing? But I was obviously so shy to even be in the photo. And I can't remember those days at nursery school, but I've just always, always remember my parents saying that I was shy. So I kind of started maybe to believe that it's one of those things isn't it people start telling you something so much you start to think that you are I didn't have well I don't have brothers or sisters um so I've always kind of been on my own you know holidays are always on my own so I always had to kind of make friends or not make friends with other kids but I just always remember just it's just something that I've always had I think but I can't quite remember what why or if if anything triggered that because you know surely you can't be born shy it must be something that's Mm, it's interesting isn't it yeah because I I actually think I I didn't think that you could be born shy but um I've started to even consider that there's the possibility now bear with me um that your birth experience could affect oh I was upside down yeah see I'm a twin and I can't I didn't want to come out they had to go and get me with some like salad tongs yeah they pulled me they pulled me and broke my hip because I had a dislocated hip from um whoa so I'm thinking I might do some investigation into whether it even kind of comes from an experience at that moment but we don't want to get too deep no here. no something some sort of <laughs> pseudo-scientific explanation that we've literally just made up <laughs> We could explore that in a little bit more detail, perhaps in another episode. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, as you're growing up through education yeah. and perhaps mm-hmm. through the different levels of education that you've experienced, do you think that shyness from those kindergarten days, did it build? Yeah, I mean, I've always, I've always been very lucky. I've always had a really good group of friends kind of throughout. I moved from London when I was about eight to Hertfordshire. So I kind of was in a really busy area with lots of people and moving kind of somewhere a bit more rural. And that was difficult, I think, moving schools and moving areas and not knowing anybody. I look back at those times, I think even though actually I quite liked school, school wasn't something that I I hated, I think, because I had such a good group of friends. But it did hold me back on lots of things in terms of like, putting my hands up to answer questions, I would never put my hand up to answer a question, because I'd be so terrified if it was the wrong answer, or if I said something stupid, or I would never be able to, they did kind of like presentations at school. And I, I remember missing, missing days knowing that I had to go in and talk to people in front I think it was I can't remember what lesson it was but you had to stand up in front of the class and 
talk to them for about five minutes about a, a certain topic and I think they picked them randomly out of a hat and mine was cricket <laughs> and I was like seriously <laughs> the whole idea was I was supposed to go and research it and then and I was like there's no way I'm doing it and I just pretended I was ill so I I didn't go to school and did anybody say anything did they notice I don't know I don't know if other people did as well but I think I can remember a few things happening like that where I either did just didn't go to the lesson or or didn't go to school and it was and it, they were always to do with me having to put myself out there in front of people that was just something to me that was absolutely terrifying you know I never ever did drama I would never like anything like that putting myself kind of in front of people I think it was always quite terrifying to me so yeah I do I look back at those kind of things and think that probably and if I didn't get something or maybe didn't understand I was really bad at maths but I would never ask for help maybe or tell anybody that I wasn't getting it so I think maybe if I would have just spoken up I might have you know become a mathematician possibly. (laughs) (laughs) How do you feel about that because listening to you talk about the opportunities that you missed or the things that you didn't put yourself forward for now as an adult how do you how does that make you feel I feel quite sad about it in a way but it doesn't hang over me that much I look back at those times and as a whole they were good times but I do think oh they why did I do that or why was I being really stupid but obviously at the time I wasn't being stupid it was just I didn't know how to communicate and I said with my group of friends I was probably a completely different person to who I was with people that I didn't know or teachers and things I just I kind of I was a shy Danielle and then with my friends I was like sociable and confident Danielle so it's um yeah it's surprising because I only know you now and I'm it makes me sad to hear this a lot of it I can empathize with because I've done the same things as you not gone for opportunities hidden in the toilets to avoid things yeah I used to hide and not collect things if I I did that all the time yeah yeah well done for going to get one I think <laughs> it's like a double win because not only did you win it but you had the guts to go up on the stage to collect it oh, no. so, very cool could you think of then a particular low point perhaps a little story of when your shyness really impacted you one I remember and stands out is when I was at it was middle school actually because I was in an area that had a different school system so I was probably about 13 14 and we had some people come in from the local council and they had a youth town council board where they were looking for members like kids to represent them in their youth town council (laughs) I have no idea why but for some reason I thought oh that sounds like a really good idea and I was nominated I think people submitted their nominations and I was nominated and it was like three of us I think that were nominated and again I had to prepare a speech to give to like the whole I think it was the whole of the years it wasn't the school about why people should choose me for the role to be on this board I didn't turn up (laughs) (laughs) because I was just so terrified of doing it I hadn't I don't even I kind of knew from the beginning I was never going to do it because I didn't even prepare a speech or anything like that I think I said I had the dentist or something and my two best friends bless them actually ended up standing up in front of me to the whole year and doing it for me Oh my God, love them. What I know, and telling them like obviously how brilliant I would be at doing this. And I ended up winning. <laughs> oh my and God. I just remember feeling so bad because I thought I haven't actually, this wasn't me. This was 
obviously their words I don't know what they said about me they must have lied for me to have won but I just remember feeling so bad that kind of I had this responsibility from the whole of my year group to do this job and I hadn't actually had the ball to stand up and do it yeah that really sticks out in my mind actually yeah I can imagine and I think that well your friends were awesome the fact that they kind of came to the rescue and saved you like that but it's interesting isn't it because a situation like that where not only is it giving a talk but it's actually selling yourself it's all the buttons that were being pushed there I can imagine and it sounds it does sound like something that would have been very scary too I just didn't have the confidence depending on what school you go to as well some schools give you know they have like debate lessons and things don't they or situations like that but we never did anything like that so I don't think I'd ever had any experience of kind of standing up and talking in front of people. From what I've seen they've changed the curriculum here in the UK to quite a dramatic extent whereby even at primary school they get you doing public speaking and although it's mortifying for some they do seem to really encourage it from an early age and I think like you I never did it and then as a young adult it was something that was completely terrifying to me and I was (laughs) ill-equipped and built it up into such a big thing so I really empathize with you Danielle that sounds like I'm actually like freaking out even just hearing about your story so from that kind of shy moment of stress and anxiety you've clearly gone on to do lots of mighty things and it's interesting how you've chosen a business which (laughs) (laughs) I wonder what we can read yeah I need to be a psychologist I think (laughs) yes maybe get some therapy as to why you've deliberately chosen a thing that you always found terrifying but you've clearly overcome your fears and you're now able to socialize to network to market your business to be visible on social media and I think you know you do it brilliantly and it seems so natural so I'm intrigued as to how you think you've managed to kind of go from one extreme to the other that's a good question (laughs) I think there's probably a few reasons I think as you get older you become more comfortable in yourself and more confident so I think age does have a a kind of big impact on you I think that it does change as a person you meet new people you learn new skills and you have new experiences so I think you do grow as you get older and then I think when I had my son I then changed again so I I had this kind of newfound confidence when I became a mum and I thought that I felt like I could do anything I think you know if you have a child it's like a crazy thing to happen and you think if you can do that you can pretty much do anything you know often with mums we're sort of we feel like maybe sometimes belittled or kept small because you're a mum but actually it is an incredibly powerful thing and I remember when I I'm a boxer my first fight was in front of you know 700 my people goodness. and I was so afraid the main thing wasn't the fighting it was walking in front of all those people and and I thought do you know I've had a baby if I could do that that's a really scary thing if I can do that then surely I can do this so yeah in fact it is actually it's quite powerful to think of it in terms isn't it it kind of changes your mindset slightly and your priorities I think and you just think actually 
I am going to go out and do this because I want to change the way I am or how I felt. And I think from doing something that I'm now really passionate about makes a difference because if you're yeah. you're passionate about what you're doing and you're going to be more confident about it. And I was thinking when I was thinking back about the school things, I would always be really shy in lessons and never put my hands up because usually the lessons I didn't really understand or get. I was always really good at sport at school and that's when I was my most confident. So I think it's always when I'm doing something that I'm enjoying, I'm passionate about that my confidence comes through. It's all. It's always when I'm unsure of something, that's when I go in, back into myself and I'm shy again. So I think what I'm doing now, I'm I'm loving, so I'm more confident, if that makes sense. I think it makes sense on different levels because, so firstly, you're comfortable because it's something you enjoy. But also, I feel like you have a bigger mission, don't you? You feel like a sense of purpose where you're motivated to help mums to grow their businesses or to enjoy some kind of social life beyond their kids. And you believe in that strongly. So there's this bigger reason for it that goes beyond the work itself, a deeper purpose. And I'm wondering as well whether it has something to do with the fact that you've built a tribe of like-minded people who you feel comfortable around when you feel shy like for me for example I'm not shy in front of my family in front of my well (laughs) obviously there's some members of my family that perhaps don't need to know all the details of my life (laughs) but on the whole like family and close friends you know you're pretty relaxed in front of them you don't check yourself by building a tribe of mums in your business you're surrounding yourself with your kind of people. Perhaps that makes it easier for you to be confident and open and to put any feelings of shyness to one side. Yeah, definitely. I think that's true. I think it's people that you kind of feel. It's only ever been when I'm not comfortable around certain people, that's when I revert back to the shyness. Mm, And you mentioned ages ago, early on, that you were maybe afraid of getting things wrong when you were younger or putting up your hand and people judging you. So that would suggest too, wouldn't it, that if you're operating in an area where you feel you definitely know what you're doing, it reduces those feelings. And even from that making mistakes and whole feeling side, I feel like now I've kind of flipped that and I talk about more actually when... I have made a mistake or I've done something wrong or I'm not feeling so great. And I think people actually respond to that better rather than kind of putting out this perfect life and I'm brilliant at everything because actually it's not true. Nobody's perfect. So I'm more confident now to kind of say, actually, I don't always know what I'm doing and this has gone wrong or, you know, I think it's quite nice to open up now, whereas before I didn't. (laughs) It's authentic. I definitely think people resonate they they form a bond with you when you're honest with them so I love the fact that you're able to do that and if you're feeling nervous or shy in a situation I think it's perfectly fine to own it and to tell people about it and mention that you're feeling that way because the other thing is people can tell if you are feeling you know anxiety about a situation or nervous and sweaty before giving a talk or something they can see so it's kind of okay I think to tell people and address the big elephant in the room (laughs) rather than 
Yeah, I, I always do it. I think people kind of warm to you more when you do it. They do. It breaks the ice a bit more, doesn't it, I think? Yeah. I'm not saying they should all feel sorry for you, but let's talk about socialising and networking. Yeah. I think for a lot of us shy people, mm. this is a challenge. So, for example, today I got an invite to a conference and I was thinking, oh, that sounds interesting. Then I immediately thought, oh, God. I'd have to somehow manage the situation so that it's easier for me to attend. So bring a friend, drink, (laughs) in order to, you know, get the most out of the experience. Because often in those situations, I would be tempted to go and hide in the corner, probably, looking at my phone or standing at the bar, like taking notes, maybe, and not really Yeah, a lot of notes and not really making the most of the opportunity or chatting to people. So, oh, wise one, Danielle, what do we do? How do we get through these situations? I think, I mean, I'm still not amazing at it in every situation, but I feel like the more you do it, the more you get better at it. And also I found that most people in those situations are all thinking the same thing all the other people that kind of look really confident and look like they know everybody actually don't and they're probably the same as you I always kind of go over to people first that look friendly and smiley (laughs) 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 you can tell can't you if you go into room you can tell the people that look quite welcoming and warm so I tend to go over to those people first to kind of gently go in and chat to them and then once I'm kind of in that zone I've got the hang of it then I can kind of go and chat to other people but I think it is about just just going for it and just taking a deep breath and what is the worst that's going to happen someone's not going to turn around and kind of say to you why why are you talking to me if they are they'd be really rude (laughs) (laughs) that doesn't happen does it I think you've just made me visualize a networking event and I've just had a realization that even if there's say 200 people there People don't stand in one group of 200. They stand in tiny groups. And so actually, for a lot of us, that's easier. Going over to one person at a time, maybe someone also on their own, that feels yeah, manageable. Yeah, someone else on their own is always a good, a good thing. Yeah, they'll be happy to chat to you, presumably. Or buy the coffee, or if there's drinks or anything, I always go there, or food, because I tend to be by the food. <laughs> <laughs> Prosecco or the food. So if there's someone else there, I'll probably I'll probably make a stupid joke or something about eating yeah. and then chat, and then then I might follow them <laughs> where they go <laughs> to the toilet. That's weird. Don't do that. Okay. So we're we're loitering by the food and the drink. We're targeting. Sounds really odd. Targeting people on their own. Going up to them one at a time. Like I try to ask people questions. Yeah. So it might be useful if we were being really strategic about this to have a couple of questions up your sleeve, mm. not literally yeah, up like your sleeve, because they think you're a maniac if you start pulling them out. <laughs> Maybe some questions that you could ask people what they think of something or have they heard about something or what their plans are, that kind of thing. Um, and then maybe... Do you have a kind of pitch, almost like a an elevator pitch that you can describe yourself in a couple of sentences if somebody asks you who you are or what you do? 
sometimes not, I don't tend to have a kind of set I think that's for me and especially what I'm doing now is I that 60 second pitch or you know something that you practice and rehearse it kind of feels false to me the more that I do that so I kind of just play it by ear actually on the situation and who the person is that I'm talking to and kind of judge it that way rather than having something prepared which yeah might not be the best I know some people are a bit more prepared yeah you don't want to sound cheesy but then sometimes I think I don't like those pictures where they are my idea of hell is those events where you have to stand you take it in turns to stand up by the time it gets to me I'm basically having a panic attack <laughs> because <laughs> like, I know it's going to be haven't actually listened to what anyone else has said because you're so nervous oh. about standing <laughs> nothing I've, I've heard nothing <laughs> and I'm just like kind of stand up and just like basically vomit everywhere no I have quite a kind of handy trick I will say something like you know how something something to explain what you do so you could say you know how bicycles always get punctures <laughs> well I've created something which blah 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 yeah. so the you know how sentence is quite good because it draws somebody in it feels quite natural and it it gives you the ability to explain what you do without it being like hi I'm blah 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 if you just explain what you do in context of a situation so you can say you know how nobody's really watching tv anymore well i've decided to create this thing which blah 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 my job is rah, rah, rah. you give people an idea of what you do but you make it relevant to their situation so that can be a useful little tip to Life try <laughs> yeah i did create a bicycle pump <laughs> yeah i made that one up i should have thought of it before my listeners used to my random uh, <laughs> examples they usually involve cats doing pilates <laughs> or something I need a, a more wide-ranging list of examples but yeah the other thing is obviously I I struggle with names when I'm nervous yeah really bad how do we get around that like in a networking situation you can well someone tells you their name I instantly forget their mm-hmm. name because I was worrying about other things. Sometimes people have said to kind of repeat the person's name or the worst is when you forget and then you're trying to look at their badge <laughs> or they're like, they're like lanyard or whatever it is and you're basically staring either at their tits or their crotch and I can't read it because their writing's bad or it's useful. That's embarrassing. <laughs> and then someone comes up and they say oh, oh don't and then you have to introduce the person and you've forgotten who they are that's when I run to the toilet <laughs> oh no, okay no. I see, I see. <laughs> so what are we supposed to do Danielle that's my, my canopy <laughs> I actually have been honest in those situations and I've just said I'm really sorry could you just I have just asked them again for their name and I've always found usually they've then asked me back <laughs> because they're, they're in the same situation. <laughs> well, it's very noisy in here. I couldn't quite hear. I couldn't quite hear. Ooh, That's okay. All right. That is mm. a good one. Because they usually are really noisy, actually, because there's always, it's that bustly noise, isn't it? Like when you go into a restaurant or a busy bar, everyone else is talking and you can't quite hear. You have to kind of like shout over people. So they actually usually are quite noisy. So it's, 
not a lie, technically. No, it's not a lie, but it also takes the responsibility yes. off of you and blames the environment, which I think is sneaky, yes. but <laughs> it's a good tip. Okay, I'm going to try that. Yeah. Right, so we're going to do... We're loitering by the food. We're approaching one person at a time. People that, that look friendly. friendly, smiley people. Smiley people. We're being honest if we're nervous. We're mentioning their name if we can remember it. Otherwise, we're asking that we're asking again without any kind of embarrassment and just blaming the fact that it's noisy. <laughs> yeah. Pitch wise, we're keeping it cool. Yeah. But if we can't think of what to say, we can say, you know how, blah, blah, blah. And anything else, perhaps one last tip, if you've got one, on how we can get the most out of networking events. I think just try and relax. As much as, as hard as it is, don't think of it as a network. As soon as you think it's a networking event, that kind of puts pressure on it immediately. Just think of it as a social, a social evening you're just out and there's people there to chat to and you don't have to chat about business if you don't want to it's just a nice social relaxed environment and you know you're not putting that pressure on yourself immediately I think is I like that sounds really chilled and also it made me think of if a goal was to just perhaps chat to say a couple of people that would feel more manageable wouldn't it and to maybe make a new acquaintance rather than I have to work the room I have to achieve big things I have to speak to everyone here if you're talking to one person you're then all looking around everyone going oh god I haven't spoken to all these people it doesn't matter because actually all you really need to do is to just talk to one other person Um, because that could make such a difference just talking to that one person I think it's not feeling too overwhelmed with speaking to you know maybe make your goal just to speak to one new person at an event yeah one new person I like that idea and then also if they join a networking organization if we were to join something like milk and beers or milk and fizz then you're presumably going regularly so it takes the pressure off that one interaction because you know that you'll be going back again at some point and you start to get to know people so it feels bit like a gang rather than a whole new bunch brand new and then it's nice because if there is new people to the group then you're introduced already by people that you know so it's you know you're brought in then and saying oh you need to meet so and so and not everybody's new at the beginning they kind of introduce you as you go so yeah and that reminds me too that actually there's so many different types of networks and groups obviously you get to choose (laughs) and only go to the ones that you feel comfortable whether you're kind of people and that was obviously the reason why you created yours in the first place to bring like-minded people together rather than perhaps forcing yourself to attend something where you feel like you don't fit the format doesn't work for you so I know I'll never go to one where you have to stand up and give a no. one minute thing. I hate those. So I'd much rather go to a, a kind of relaxed, sociable, smaller thing because it feels more intimate and chilled out. Some people feel comfortable in those environments. Many don't. And I think you just need to go to stuff that's going to make you feel your most confident and relaxed. Otherwise, you're, you know, you're not going to give your best self, I don't think. So you just need to find those that suit you and your personality. Yeah, and I've just thought of a really cunning idea. I don't know if it'll work, 
but I could imagine I could take the dog to the networking events because <laughs> he's so cute. Yeah. Everyone will come up to me and be like, "Oh my god, your dog's so cute!" And then I would. Remember, you need a conversation starter. So whether it's a dog or just something like something on your top or like a a funny hat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like we're losing the plot now. Okay, let's go back to being sensible again. <laughs> Perhaps we've run out of seriousness for the day. But it's Friday. <laughs> it is Friday. So if people wanted to find out more about you and your award, <laughs> if they wanted to find out about Milk and Biz, what do they need to do? Where do they go? So I'm on social media quite a bit. So on Instagram, it's at Milk and Biz and at Milk and Fizz. And then my website is www.milkandbiz.net. And that's with two Zs. Milk and Biz. Two Zs.net. Brilliant. Thank you so much for coming and chatting to no us. Problem. It's been really fun and interesting. And it just goes to show, I think, that shy people can be mighty. But also, you never really know, do you, what people are, have overcome as always obvious because I think shy people come in all different uh, guises underestimated that's why I think (laughs) yeah we're like the secret we've got secret powers and we just keep them to ourselves and then when we're ready we unleash them on the world it's brilliant (laughs) all right Danielle thanks for coming I'll see you bye bye and thank you for listening to shine mighty we'll be back soon The Shine Mighty Society is a safe place for shy people to shine. Learn specific techniques to help you improve your confidence and overcome limiting beliefs. Make quiet connections with people just like you. Coaching, support and encouragement to coax you out of the shadows and help you reach your goals. Head over to shinemighty.com to find out more.